the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. So here's a question I pose to you. If God hates divorce, then why did he permit it? Is that a legitimate question? If God hates divorce, then why did he permit it? Well, even though God hates divorce, he has permitted it because of the hardness of the heart. He has permitted it because of the hardness of the heart. If you turn with me, and you need to really look at your passage because we're going to be, this message is so critical, and I've been asking for the Lord's guidance and help with this message so I can articulate it as best I can in the power of the Spirit. Uh, But you need to see these passages for yourself. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 8. God permitted divorce because of the hardness of the heart. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 8. When you finally say amen, Matthew 19, 3 through 8 says, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder or separate. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Verse 8, he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Although God created an institution of marriage and he hates divorce, he has permitted it because of the hardness of the heart. Let me just wrap it up by saying this way on this particular uh, point. Divorce is God's idea, but it is not God's ideal. Okay, did you get that? It is God's idea. It is God's idea, but it's not God's ideal. It wasn't the, it's not the best, but he permitted it because of the hardness of the heart. It is permitted so that the innocent partner will no longer have to remain in a hopeless and intolerable situation involving sexual immorality. Divorce, it is permitted so that the innocent party will no longer have to remain in a hopeless and intolerable situation involving sexual immorality. Now, turn back to the book of Malachi and look at the 16th verse, the latter part of Malachi 2.16, the latter portion. You visitors out there, this is the way we do it here because it's a Bible teaching church and we want you to explore and probe the scriptures for yourself. Uh, Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, the latter part of that verse, it says, for it covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts, 
Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. In other words, the latter part of verse 16 in essence is saying that the priests and Israel had blood on their hands and crime on their clothes because they broke the marriage covenant and dealt so treacherously with, with their wives because of untrustworthiness as well as betrayal. Look at verse 17, if you will. It says, you have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? In that you say, everyone who does evil in the sight of God, and everyone who does evil is good in the sight of God, and he delights in them, or where is the God of justice? In verse 17, the priests as well as Israelites wearied the Lord with their words, with their attitude, with their blatant rebellion and disrespect. Instead of repenting and coming to their senses, their thinking became even more perverted. Look at what they said in verse, the latter part of verse 17. Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And you see, that's, and God delights in them. I mean, that thinking was warped. Or, here, they get sarcasm. Here's a bit of sarcasm here. Where is the God of justice? And even worse, they defame the character of a holy God by saying that God delights in evil, which meant that they assumed there would be no divine retribution simply because God did not dispense immediate retribution or justice. How twisted their thinking had become. For the priests, the men of Israel, the men of Judah, reminds me of the scoffers in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Just because God has not given immediate retribution divinely, just because justice was not dispensed immediately for their heinous sins, they took it for granted. But such was the case also in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Keep your hand, a marker, in Malachi... But turn back over to uh, 2 Peter 3, chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, toward the end of the Bible. 2 Peter, now I need you to hang with me, and uh, because this is a critical message for the times in which we live. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. When you find it, say amen. Good. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5, for this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water. You do know in the book of Genesis, the account, in the Christian account, there was water and then the land came out of water. But by, verse 6, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition. Perdition means destruction of ungodly men. In other words, there were scoffers during the time of Peter, and they were saying, uh, where is the promise of his coming? You know, we're doing what we want to do. We're sinning. We're fulfilling the lustful desires. Ha, you say he's coming. Where is the coming, the promise of his coming? And, and Peter reminds them of Noah and the flood, how Noah preached 120 years it was going to rain. It had never rained before, but it did rain. And you know what? That's something to preach all that time, 
and only his family of eight get on board. And when, when God shut the door of that ark, guess what? God, the finger of God touched that door. And nothing could come in that door and nothing could get out of that door. Because when God locks a door, let me tell you, it's locked. And let me tell you something, it rained. Rained 40 days and 40 nights without stopping. Noah was glad when the rain stopped dropping. It rained all day, all night, in the east, in the west, in the north, in the south. It rained all day, all night. It rained and rained and rained and rained until the whole earth was flooded out. It was not just a little tiny geographical flood. It was a worldwide universal flood. And God was washing away the horrific sins of humanity. Judgment did come, but the word of God says right here in this text, the next time it will not be water, it will be by fire. That's in the book. So just because you, you think you're getting by, but be it known to you today, you are not getting away. Scripture says in Hosea 4.6, just jot it down. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know why the church is in such bad shape and marriages are in such bad shape? Because it's not governed by the word of God. Marriages are not put under the authority of the word of God. Marriages do not submit to the, to the word of God. And therefore, all kinds of satanic intrusions and satanic viruses infiltrate the marriage and just rip it to shreds because of a lack of knowledge and a lack of teaching as it relates to the Holy Scripture and what God is saying about holy matrimony and the things that he values most. And beloved, I'm not trying, I, I'm going to say some things that perhaps you haven't heard or perhaps you haven't seen from Scripture. I'm going to say what I'm going to say because I have to say it because God has impressed upon my spirit to say it. And if I don't say it, he's going to put me in this divine woodshed, and I don't want your whipping. All right, all right, all right. I don't want your blood on my hands. So I have to speak the truth because only the truth is going to set you free. I'm not, I, I'm qualifying what I'm going to say. I haven't done it this way before, but I'm qualifying what I'm going to say. I'm not trying to harm you. I'm not trying to put you in jail. I'm not trying to condemn you to emptiness, a life of him. But God and I desire for you to be full of God. We desire for your marriage to be full of God. We desire that your marriage be full of freedom. We desire that your marriage here at the church be full of peace. We desire that your marriage be full of joy in whatever situation you may be in. And as your pastor, I love you too much to to not tell you the truth. The Lord has has me here to share the truth of the Scripture with you and introduce you to a relationship with God who satisfied every way. Now, let me tell you something, wife. Your husband cannot satisfy you. Amen. And, And men, your wife cannot satisfy you. God ultimately satisfies. Because we're not perfect. We we just don't add up. We're going to misunderstand. We're going to miscommunicate. Sometimes we're just going to be off the mark. That's just the way way of human experience. 
So I'm not your judge. I'm just your teacher, and I'm your father in the faith. You need to know the truth of the word of God and the father's heart. Repeat after me. I need need to know the truth of Scripture and the heart of the Father. Father. One more time. I need need to know the truth of the Scripture scripture. and the heart of the Father. Father. Thank you. Therefore, I do not want to confuse you on this critical issue. I've been studying and, and agonizing and praying and and like I said, the last service at the end, you know, if, if I miss just a little bit off some way, I can't, I'm, I'm imperfect too. When my heart is right, God knows how even in the spirit to take the words that I said, even the best of attention, and still work it out by the spirit for the good if I'm giving it my best, being obedient to him. Amen? So I want to say all that because now I present to you what God has given The only New Testament grounds for divorce are, number one, sexual immorality, which encompasses all sorts of unrepented sexual sins. Okay? Sexual immorality, which encompasses all sorts of sexual sins, bestiality, homosexuality, incest, uh, adultery, all kinds of sexual sins, everything you can call, all that's all sorts. Sexual immorality is a biblical ground for divorce. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. If you can turn quickly, then you help yourself because you can see what the word is saying. Uh, Sexual immorality is a biblical ground for divorce. If if you're in Matthew 5, 32, say amen. amen. But I say, Jesus is saying to you, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason, say under any, any reason, except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. So, so you see here, sexual immorality is a biblical ground, except for sexual immorality, which is a biblical ground for divorce according to Scripture here. A, under that, if the divorce is not for sexual immorality, then any remarriage is adultery, because God does not acknowledge the divorce even though the courts legitimizes it. You hear what I said? Even though, the, I repeat again, if the divorce is not for sexual immorality, then any remarriage is adultery because God does not acknowledge the divorce even if the court legitimizes it. And you know, the court could care less what the word of God says. I mean, they don't even want the Ten Commandments in there anymore. They're throwing out the Ten Commandments. So you know, they don't care, but the church ought to care. Amen? Because we believe the Word of God. And so many churches are sick and marriages are sick because we've gotten away from the Word and we are perishing because of a lack of knowledge. B, if an unbeliever, listen to this now, if an unbeliever desires, if an unbeliever desires to remain in a marriage, the unbelieving spouse desires to remain in a marriage but refuses to give up a sexual promiscuous lifestyle. In such cases, believers are permitted to divorce because of the hardness of the unbelieving spouse, the unbeliever's heart. The faithful partner does not have to subject his or herself to contracting sexual transmitted diseases. 
And then they say, who did it? You know who did it. Amen. If it wasn't the husband, it was the wife. If it wasn't the wife, it was the husband. Somebody went outside. Civilists didn't just accidentally come in there. I, I, I don't know where that came You know where it came from. Won't y'all say amen? And you know what? This is a sermon. You don't even have to say amen because I know this is not an amen kind of sermon. Okay, I know that. So maybe it's just time for you to just soak and let God be God. Matthew 19, 7 through 8. You don't have to turn it. We just turned there already. They said to him, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, permitted you to divorce your spouses. So you might have a spouse who's unbeliever, and he wants to stay, or she wants to stay, but they want to have it their way. And I said, uh-uh, you ain't bringing that mess outside in here. I want to keep clean before the Lord. I want to be holy before the Lord. I don't want you contaminated. You ain't going to kill me with no AIDS. Amen, because it's life or death now when you get the finagling around out there. Man, it's better when you can stay home. Wife, you too. Amen. Second reason, the second reason for divorce is desertion. Say desertion. Desertion. Listen, A, under that. A non-believing partner who initiated the divorce due to incompatibility with a Christian because of his or her Christian testimony. That's a ground for divorce. In other words, let's say both of y'all were lost as a goof when y'all got married. Both of y'all lost, and all of a sudden, one of y'all hear the gospel and get saved. So now you got a saved spouse and you got a what? Unsaved spouse. Now the saved spouse, oh, they just love it, Jesus, a new beginning, God. I mean, they on fire for God. They want to tithe to God and go to church and go to Bible study and just, uh, the man said, oh, what woman, what's wrong with you? I want you the way you were. I want to, we going to cheat on these taxes. Huh, we going to keep on gambling. But some of y'all doing that and you're saved. Huh, huh. Come on, come on. That's a problem too. That's a whole nother thing. I'm going to preach on that one day. I preached on it years ago. It's time for me to do that again. But anyway, I'm on, a, I'm on this now. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't, they don't, they can't stand you. They don't want you giving to the church. They don't want you, they, they just can't. Hey, look, I didn't, I didn't marry you for this. I want you the way I married you. And if this way you're going to be, you're going to be a religious nut, then I'm out of here. You know what Scripture says? You are free to let them go because God has called you to peace. God has called you to peace. 1 Corinthians 7, 15, attest to that. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. Y'all hanging with me? Are y'all turning those pages? 1 Corinthians 7, 15. Hang with me, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. But if the unbelieving believer departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. In other words, B, if the unbelieving husband or wife leaves the marriage permanently but is not willing to file for divorce, perhaps because of a chosen lifestyle, irresponsibility, or to avoid monetary obligations such as, such as child support, then the believer is in an impossible situation, and in such cases, divorce is acceptable without offending God. In other words, you got a case, for example, uh, your, your husband or your wife, you, you, you saved and, and uh, got saved, and they, they lost, but they, they left you. 
and they left for good. They gone. But, but they, don't want, they don't want a divorce. You know, but they have to do whatever they want and, uh, and living like the devil and all kinds of stuff. They, but they won't divorce you because they, they really they, they don't want to end up with the child support and they don't want all this other stuff. You know, they, it's a selfish agenda behind that. You are free to let them go. You're free to get that God has called you to peace because they'll play a game to keep you all tied up in knots and, and they don't want to pay up obligations financially because should they divorce, they know they got to deal with some things. Y'all getting quiet in here. Amen. Listen, those who divorce on any other grounds have sinned against God and their partner. And for them to marry another is to commit adultery. Those who divorce on any other grounds have sinned against God and their partner and for them to marry another is to commit adultery. Listen, if you will. Listen. Listen. God's original intent was that one man and one woman be devoted to each other in marriage unto death. All other reasons, even though legal in the court of law, are unbiblical and grieve the heart of God. Beloved, since God hates divorce, Believers should have the same attitude about divorce as does God. And divorce should not be sought until you have exhausted all other options. And even, listen to this now, even when you have biblical grounds for divorce, it does not negate the fact that God still hates it. You know, even though he permits it, he, he hates it. Because there are ramifications to what we do that will come against us, that we're going to suffer through because of decision, even when it is permitted. God still hates it because of the negative impact that it has. Now, let's now share some insights on remarriage. Say remarriage. remarriage. You say, wow, did you lock me out totally? Let's see here what's going on. <laughs> let's share some insights on remarriage. Number one, Remarriage is permitted if your spouse dies. Death breaks the bond of marriage. Remarriage is permitted if your spouse, what? Dies. Death breaks the bond of marriage. Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Look at Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Find it as quickly as you can. And I've been reading this from the New Living Translation, so it's going to kind of read a little bit differently from yours, but I just like the way this particular translation reads. In Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3, Paul is speaking here. He says, let me illustrate when a woman marries the law, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. Y'all see that? Yes. Oh, I ain't never seen that. It's in the Bible. Don't tear it out either. Hold it, hold it in. It's there. All right. Let me give you another scripture on that. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. Look what it says. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. 
But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. So uh, the, the wife is living, the husband is living, you are bound by law in marriage, death breaks the bonds of holy matrimony. Look, uh, number two, number two. Remarriage is permitted for the faithful partner only when the divorce was on biblical grounds. When such is the case, the believing sp spouse is free to remarry, but only in the Lord. That's key too. You don't, you don't have to turn around and marry somebody that don't know Christ. Why compound the issue, the problem? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 speaks to that. Also, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. You know, if, if your husband dies, you're free to remarry, but it must be a Christian only in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Look what it says. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? In other words, you, listen, you're fighting a losing battle when you try to reconcile a relationship to a person that don't know Christ. One is saved, one is not saved. Listen, it's day and night. That's light and darkness. That's righteousness and unrighteousness. Entwine relationally. And all kind of problems is a byproduct of that. Byproduct of that. Now, but the other side of it, if you're married to a person and uh, they are unbeliever and they desire to say and they don't care about you going to church and he can give you money to the church and, she, and he say, he or she say, well, look, you do your thing for the Lord and I do my thing. You don't bother me. I don't bother you. We're going to just be happy here. I still love you. And just don't, just don't try to save me. <laughs> you know, just don't try to save me. Amen. Just leave me alone. I'm content, and, and, he, and he doesn't bother her. He ain't hitting her, screaming, acting a fool. You know what Bob said? If, if he's willing to stay, let him stay. But who knows? He may be won by the godly wife or the godly husband. Are y'all hanging with me? Amen. Beloved, since God hates divorce, believers should have the same attitude about divorce as God does. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy, yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.